Welcome to the district. All of your local and state news in one place on WHIP Student Radio. Philly's number one college radio station. Welcome back to the district here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. I am Maya, and I have Alicia here with me tonight. Um, Jenny could not be here with us tonight, but um, you got us, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is how's your Tuesday going? Pretty good. So I finished work early, so you know I was able to come in here for WHIP's meeting and just relax. It was nice because mm-hmm. I'm usually always in a rush everywhere, all day, all the time. Mm-hmm. So That's today good. was kind of like winding down for me. That's good. That's good. What about you? Um, it was good actually. I mean, I didn't really do much necessarily. Like I just kind of, I, I did a lot of like productive things where I just like did homework and like. Yes. I paid my electric bill, which was very sad. Yeah, um, snaps for you. Very sad moment <laughs> in my life. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Today was actually pretty good, and which is a nice change from like what my other days have been like recently. Yeah. <laughs> so um, honestly, yeah, uh, I feel like it's like the end of the semester, and April is just not going to be a happy month. I feel like for many people. And um, it's like a, yeah. it's the month to push through. Like you just yes. have to push through everything. That's the only way that I'm looking at it. I can't. I can't shut down now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I feel yeah. Once April is done, I mean I know that there's still finals for like the first week of May, but like for the most part, yeah. like at least you can only focus on like just finals. Finals, yeah. And that's but it. like there's a lot on. I feel like we all have like multiple things on our plates. That's not just like class related, you know. Like exactly, we're all involved in a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah. So um, speaking of Temple and um, what's wow. what's happening? I like that segue. <laughs> Um, so this is coming from 6ABC. Temple is planning to become a tobacco-free campus by fall 2019. So a letter was sent out Tuesday from President Richard M. Englert um, stating that he is moving ahead with recommendations from last year's Presidential Smoke-Free Campus Task Report to become a tobacco-free campus. So the task report from last year was led by the College Public of Public of College of Public Health, Dean Laura Simonoff, um, and as well as other faculty and staff. And the task force recommended Temple join the increasing number of universities going tobacco-free. So this is something now Temple will be doing, and they're hoping to have the policy in place by July 1st, with full implementations to take place in fall 2019 by the time the semester begins. Um, I think this is pretty interesting, because, I mean, I'm not upset by this. Like, this is great. I'm here for Yeah, um, me too. But I, I feel like there could be a lot of backlash by people who are tobacco users um, because based on what the information presented in the 6ABC article it says that it's multiple different like tobacco products that they're trying to like cancel out as well as like both indoor and outside of campus. So like vaping? Maybe. Maybe. I think that that will get a lot of backlash. Cigarettes I don't yes but i don't think like wide scale people are gonna be up in arms about Mm -hmm. um banning cigarette use on campus because i think most people don't really smoke cigarettes yeah don't really smoke cigarettes i would i would think so i would hope so but (laughs) i i I mean i know that people who smoke or at least i see people yeah i do see people but i mean 
the thing i'm really glad this is happening but i will say i don't find it to be a really big problem on temple university when there are people smoking they're they're usually pretty good about being in like quote-unquote designated spaces like Mm -hmm. the smokers will all stay together Mm -hmm. and usually like a spot so it's not like i'll be walking i get like a whiff of smoke in my face because i can't stand that walking in public it gives me like really bad breathing and um migraines Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah no i hate the smell of smoke um cigarette smokes um but i i kind of agree i think that although this is really great it's also like where did this come from like yeah (laughs) i was like wait what um i feel like there's a lot of things to maybe address on campus you know and i was like tobacco free yeah i was just surprised because i I didn't find it to be a big issue because it like i said like it's not like i'll be walking down campus and like people will just be smoking and it like bothers me mm-hmm. when i do people's when i do see people smoking it's like in designated areas by buildings mm-hmm. and i've definitely never seen anyone doing anything indoors i was equally confused by that so i i, yeah. don't, I don't know about the whole indoor part who who's smoking indoors <laughs> i don't know or or maybe it's just like having these products indoors or like oh. smelling it like it i don't know i don't know because again the article doesn't specify what the policy is going to be exactly and what that looks like and what products are banned or etc um so a lot of this is just kind of assumptions and i'm I, well one of the questions that i had what do you think the policies would look like or what do you think I, would be banned? i or? feel like it's gonna extend to like e-cigarettes and vaping and joling and that mm-hmm. stuff because i find it hard to believe that it would just be cigarettes because then it's gonna only affect such a small population of people mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know maybe i'm wrong no i mean that that makes sense now because i think now i think obviously we all kind of already know that like cigarettes aren't the best for you but now with like the new introduction of e-cigarettes and, yeah. and vaping and jewels and all of that like i think that is that is the new worry you know that's like the new thing that we have to educate ourselves yes, about exactly. and take precautions for so i do think i, I feel like it has to it have has to include that has to include that um or if not again it's just kind of like the what's the point of just like banning cigarettes although right. like not here for them don't like them but yeah like, yeah what, like what is that gonna hmm. do <laughs> i i also find this really interesting because i think it's great but i feel like the people that do this i think they're still gonna do it regardless of the ban unless they put in place like repercussions but i don't see that happening like Mm -hmm. i doubt you're gonna get fined for like smoking Mm -hmm. on campus i i also wonder that like what the repercussions would look like and then also does that just create more problems of having to like track down these repercussions to make and and punishments to serve Right, like we have more important things to do than look for people vaping i guess yeah, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens by July 1st or next semester um, <laughs> and what that looks like and if there's backlash or there's not or what the yeah, consequences are. Yeah, I'm just really are. curious how they're going to implement this. Yeah, are they like going to send an email like, if you're a smoker, this affects you? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I'm not sure. But um, I guess we'll just see. But this yeah. is a, it's just a little warning, I guess, for tobacco <laughs> users. Um, watch out. Be, watch out. Um, but in other school-related news um, coming from WHYY, a study from the nonprofit research – no, not – 
A study from the nonprofit Research for Action has shown the ways in which childhood trauma is very common, but little is done to help with that um, within schools. So the study is calling on lawmakers to implement an approach in Pennsylvania. It also recommends school provide professional development that addresses various traumas and the complexities of their traumas within school. It also calls on lawmakers to mandate a statewide plan to create what they're calling trauma-informed training or trauma-informed schooling. Um, by possibly also creating a state grant program to do so. And they're also, before, prior to this study, we have seen trauma-informing schools take a rise. In June, the General Assembly passed Act 44, which generated $60 million for school safety funding and called schools to provide mandatory trauma-informed training. And then back in August, Governor Tom Wolf's School Safety Task Force report also discussed implementing trauma-informed training. So I think this is really interesting. Um, I think the the idea of helping a young child um yeah i don't know i feel like at a there's so many there's various forms of trauma i think um and even reading the article in whyy it says whether it's like seeing um someone you love go to jail or growing up in poverty like Mm -hmm. there's there's different severities of trauma and different things that just affect you as a person and i think when you're a child even as an adult you don't even know how to handle them but like especially when you're a child you know um so i think this is really interesting and i'm I, I, I like it. Any, any Me thoughts too. for um, So previously on the district, I can't remember if it was a week or two ago, we talked about this new um, act of legislation where they wanted more uh, school counselors put in public schools. Yes, yes, yes. So I think like we're seeing good steps in education now. These are amazing things, things that I doubt would have happened when me and you, Maya, were in elementary school, mm-hmm. um, especially leaning towards mental health awareness i think this is doing a good job bringing that up as well um the amazing thing i like about this is it's not just saying um school counselors need to be informed with this up-to-date trauma training but it says i believe all teachers and faculty yeah yeah the, the whole idea is to is to allow Everybody, it to be yeah. just everyone's more informed of how to deal with trauma and which, address it which is amazing because oftentimes schools don't have or students don't have enough access to counselors because counselors are assigned an overwhelming amount of students yes. and they can only do so much. But with having all teachers being informed and know how to handle these situations, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. And I think, um, I think also just the simple fact that this is not the first time that we're hearing of like trauma informed training yeah. um, and seeing it pass with, you know, with well, seeing at least a concern from Tom Wolf um, from, from Act 44. And then also the article also mentioned something about a more national thing um, that was that was taken into place to help with this. So I think the fact that we're seeing already strides of it, of 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 actions being done, I feel like shows the need for it as well. Yeah. And I think also in a, in a world that is very scary and like and and I think also in a very pol- a very political climate as well, that's also very scary. And with things of like, um, you know, school shootings and stuff yeah, like that it's definitely. like this i think specifically when it comes to, when it comes to school shootings i think that there's a lot more to that than just like having this but this is something that like you know could add to the a step to the in recipe. the right direction yeah. definitely um i also think it's definitely a relief to teachers and faculty i'm sure there's been teachers all around the u.s who have been in situations where maybe a student comes to them and confides in them or reveals mm-hmm. something and it is something traumatic and the teacher doesn't know how to react they don't know 
you know, the proper ways to react because, you know, a lot of times like we're only human too and we need proper trainings on dealing with these things. So I think it's definitely a relief for teachers and I'm assuming, you know, it's going to be provided for free for them Mm -hmm. to have these things as well in their tool belt, being an educator. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I can, I'm also just thinking the ways in which like the, the classroom dynamic as well, like that must positively contribute to how children interact amongst other children um if they're able to kind of process their own emotions Mm -hmm. um that they're able to like put their best foot forward when interacting with other people um but I do think again it's like especially when looking at how most schools function when it comes to guidance counselors Mm -hmm. and therapists and stuff like that um there's typically one not a lot in in the first place yeah um and then two like you said if there are they have a lot of people they have a lot of students to take care of so I think collectively if all of like the staff people are aware of like hey i'm not certified to be like a therapist or whatever but i do understand the ways in which to go about yeah addressing this issue properly and Definitely. that's the whole point here and i'm so i'm a fan i am too and i think this is also great for students who have close relationships to maybe their teachers or faculty members rather than their counselor to be able to go to someone you feel more comfortable speaking to um and then knowing that they're going to have the tools to help you out is also, I think, really amazing for students to know. No, that's actually a great point because I think I remember like in, well, I went to a different school my freshman year and then I transferred mm-hmm. um, to another high school. But like my freshman year of high school, that guidance counselor, I was assigned to her. She had many students. I didn't even know who she was. She didn't even yeah. know who I was. And there was definitely other teachers that I, I felt closer to, yeah. more comfortable with. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like again it's just back to that thing of like it doesn't hurt to like have stuff like this you yeah. know um so yeah awesome. I, I i i wonder how this will pan out in terms of what the what the direct results are going to be positively hopefully but um yeah and hopefully we see it being done more widespread yeah i think that's the whole like kind of my my thing with it is like yeah. this is great that's that Pennsylvania is kind of doing this and I don't want to say that they're like a leader in this because I'm not super informed on this topic but um I they're taking pretty great strides and I would like to see this nationally as well yeah yeah go PA <laughs> go PA <laughs> yeah um but uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna head to a little commercial break um but when we come back let's see what we're gonna talk about hold on Ooh, a mistakenly freed man from prison won't be going back to jail, question mark, as well as a new <laughs> exhibit on um, Muslim culture. So uh, stay tuned, enjoy, and we'll be back. From WHIP News, I'm Valerie Duray. Today is Tuesday, April 2nd, and this is your WHIP News Update. In response to the murder of 21-year-old student Samantha Josephson, after she got into a car which she mistook for her Uber ride, The University of South Carolina implemented a campaign called What's My Name to keep students safe when they use rideshare services, according to NBC News. The University of South Carolina encourages students to ask the driver of their rideshare car, What's My Name, before they agree to go with the driver. Josephson's body was found Friday after she was reported missing and did not come home after going out with her friends. Josephson was last seen entering a car around 2 a.m. The suspect and driver, Nathaniel D. Rowland, is facing charges of murder and kidnapping and is currently in custody. On Monday, Amazon and Whole Foods Market announced that they will reduce prices on select items beginning Wednesday, 
reported USA Today. The prices will be cut at an average of 20%. In a joint statement, the two businesses said that they will begin in having weekly deals exclusively for Prime members. From WHIP News, I'm Valerie DeRay, and this has been your WHIP News Update. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the district here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. I am Maya. I have Alicia here with me. And we're getting back into some news, um, specifically about someone who was freed from jail accidentally. So this is coming from Philly.com. Demetrius Anderson, who is a 43-year-old Philadelphia native, he faced returning back to prison to complete a sentence more than 12 years after he was mistakenly freed early, but it is confirmed now that he will not be going back to jail to finish that sentence. Back in 2005, Anderson, who now lives in New Haven, Connecticut, he pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court in Philadelphia to counterfeiting, counterfeiting and identity theft and was sentenced up to 16 months in prison, but when Anderson was released in 2006 from Connecticut prison, state officials failed to notify federal prison officials officials due to quote a clerical error and Anderson went free Anderson now has been just living a free life and he says he went about rebuilding his life in New Haven and currently works with city parks and recreation department and for a nonprofit and human resources so this is super duper interesting um <laughs> and really crazy um any initial thoughts when hearing this I thought honestly like good for you man <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> because we often see our prison reform system people go in people go out and they go back into jail this man he was supposed to be incarcerated he got left out early and we see a different mm-hmm. reaction we see him you know becoming productive citizen so i just think that's really interesting to think about i think it is um and especially on the topic of like criminal justice like reform and and help helping people not go back into the mm-hmm. prison prison system um here's someone who like didn't serve his sentence so you could very well be like well he didn't do his job or whatever and like yeah. still needs to face his consequences but like he, he's doing good and he's he's positively changing his life around um but do you think that just because this is the case that he should still just like get a pass oh yeah definitely i mean it's been how many years you said 12 12 years it's i don't know he's obviously definitely reformed (laughs) yeah so i mean there's that aspect of it um and you know it was the error of somebody else Mm -hmm. for uh missing that you know who's gonna get set free from jail early and be like wait no you made a mistake put me back in so like i can't i can't blame him be like you have no morals blah 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 because who else wouldn't do that anybody would Mm -hmm. definitely and i think it's also i'm thinking about who that person was who made this like clerical error or multiple people who like messed up um and like did they get fired like where are they now what i would hope so (laughs) Like, what are those repercussions look like? They're just letting out people left and yeah. right. Because I'm saying th- this was like a pretty minor offense, what you said, for counterfeiting. Yeah, and um, theft. And so theft. Okay. Well, Identity theft. No. Well, eh. no, not that minor. So, kind yeah, I hope they cool. did get fired. <laughs> I hope they did get fired. Yeah. But I think this, I think this also speaks to the way in which um, we... I guess like the value that prison holds, you know, because you could have someone in prison for years and years and years and come out and 
I don't know, be a bad person or whatever. Yeah, commit another crime. Yeah, sent back in. Um, or you could have someone who's in there and then gets set free by accident and then changes their life around. So I feel like it's one of those things that I'm also. It's I think it also speaks to the way in which our prison system works and yeah. like what's actually being done inside of these prisons. Um, because this man, I think, like. He, a large part of this work it seems like he did himself a large part of the mm-hmm. the change of his life was like on his own doing and right. i don't think much credit is for like the prison that he was in you know definitely i i also find it quite funny that you know he went to prison in connecticut and he he stayed in connecticut and built a life there mm-hmm. it's not like you know like he ran away went to a completely new state and tried to build a new life with a new identity like he stayed there um so i don't see him as a criminal i just see him as a person who got lucky and made the most out of their situation mm-hmm. definitely and um yeah i mean it sounds like he's doing pretty great things so yeah like, continue <laughs> to do that um but also like don't let people out of jail also yes definitely <laughs> yeah don't do that yeah not to say that there's not good people there but like you know you know but no it's interesting to think about like in certain cases when judges are considering lighter sentences for people, I feel like a situation like this should be taken into account that maybe getting people with minor offenses out of prison earlier is the best thing for them mm-hmm. in some cases. If you give them the proper tools to become an active member of society. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely agree because I don't, I don't think that like just because you have a longer sentence that means like that's going to be more beneficial yeah. to you. Or, or you're going to become a, you know, a better person or yeah. whatnot. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, and I just feel like no matter what, like situations like these aren't very like black and white, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in general, like sentencing and stuff like that, like there's a lot of ways in which it's just not a fair system or definitely. I don't know. But, but in um, his case, I, I think I'm sure an aspect of him, you know, rebuilding his life was being grateful for that second chance yeah. and realizing like this this will not happen often so let me do something with what i've been given that's very true because if you accidentally get out of jail like you better not yeah you better not do something to get yourself back in yeah yeah. Uh, but you know that's also not that black and white sometimes things happen you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. i don't want to blame everybody that gets back into the prison system it's very true very true um but in some other news now going to uh, another topic this is coming from nbc 10 there is now a new exhibit at the please touch museum um which is a popular museum here in philadelphia and this particular exhibit is its goal is to educate people on the muslim culture this is um, in an attempt to address social issues and speak on the diversity of the city it looks at the most muslim culture from ancient time to present and the museum specifically worked with salima Sus. Suswa, I believe I'm saying her name correctly, who is Muslim herself, to create this exhibit, and she holds the title of advisor of the exhibit. And this exhibit is not just for children. Um, and multiple people, people, it is marketed as people should just come here to learn and experience and all of that. Um, so I think this is really interesting. I think that I specifically, when when hearing about this, I was like. Thank you for working with someone who identifies as part of that culture and yes. can speak to that um, versus like, you know, like a savior complex of like, well, I'm going to teach everybody about this thing that I don't know and I don't yeah. experience on a daily basis. Um, so I really love that. And I'm really glad to hear that as well. Yeah. But overall, this is I'm just so excited to hear something like this. Um, we have 
very large Muslim populations all over the U.S. And I feel like a lot of people don't know anything about their culture or their religion. And oftentimes what people do know is is based off of stereotypes and um, propaganda and media. So having something like this available and open to the public is amazing. It definitely is. Um, I guess my only thing is like I, I wish that there was we saw more museums like yeah. this and it wasn't just an exhibit or just definitely, like a portion definitely. of the museum um but i do think that obviously an exhibit is still good nonetheless um but yeah i think this is super awesome and i wonder like how like people will react to it or learn from it or definitely grow definitely. from it and i really hope that we see initiatives of like public schools around philadelphia taking advantage of this and taking school trips to this exhibit and not just going to like the franklin institute or the art museum or Mm -hmm. you know whatever like the typical trips that school children do around philadelphia and they really um get young people exposed to this especially children um because it starts young you need to you need to understand and be aware of the world Um, because children they get their perceptions are shaped by their families, the people around them. Now media, um, mm-hmm, that wasn't mm-hmm. the case, you know, 20 years ago, but now it is. Young children consume so much media, maybe even more so than us. Yeah. <laughs> I see kids on tablets, on laptops, and and so they see news too, what's yeah. going on around the world. So having an exhibit like this is really fantastic. Yeah, and I think as much as like as much as they're saying like, oh, it's like a family thing and adults can come, I do agree that I'm like the most the most absorbent person on this planet is like a child, you know, Mm -hmm. like they absorb any information. Um, And again, I think also, especially the, I think if you were to solely, if you, if your only knowledge of the Muslim culture was what you see on like the internet and what you see in like shows and stuff, that would be such like a false negative, like reality to have in your head. Um, So I think actually, especially i think taking it from like the ancient time to present like to to be able to have that 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 timeline to be able to show the entirety of a culture and not just like how it works in 2019 um i think is really important me too i really hope to see yellow school buses lining up at the please touch museum yes. <laughs> i've actually always wanted to go there I i've actually never been either and i grew yeah. up in philly so yeah. shame on me <laughs> i I've always, i don't know i've always seen it i was like that's kind of cool but like am i allowed to go otherwise if this exhibit doesn't happen it's for children but oh. i guess you can go to this exhibit i'm gonna go to this exhibit this yeah. is awesome i should go with i should bring my sister that's a cute thing to do do it i should, I should bring my sister there you go <laughs> <laughs> well my my, I, my little sister's eight that's why I said oh that. My, yeah my sister's 21 but it's okay <laughs> that's cool too <laughs> she'd enjoy it um no i was just saying if if it's a solely like aside from the exhibit if it's solely bring you like you have to have a child present, yeah <laughs> i'll bring her yeah. yeah i think it is in that case well, that's unfortunate i feel like that's a cute date no no <laughs> It could be. Could be. Could be. But, um... Anywho. Yeah. But you should go see this thing. Um, I think that it'll be super cool. Um, in other not-so-happy news, yeah. um, coming from Penn Live, a teenager was charged after taking a loaded gun to a school in central Pennsylvania. Um, accused of taking a loaded gun into onto school grounds, a 13-year-old boy faces criminal charges in Dauphin County. The 13-year-old, quote, made no threats of harming anyone, according to news release from state police in Likens. Um, officials found out about the incident after a video circulated online, which showed the student in possession of what appeared to be a 
firearm on school property. So this is real scary. Um, yes. Wow. Yeah, and I and I think that it, thankfully there was no threats of like harming anyone or direct people aff- affected by it. But I think when we have such a very like hot. Uh, climate of just like school shootings and all of that I think that this is a very scary situation and um, I I'm happy to see that that there's action being taken Um, but I also don't think that I think also we have to like kind of question like the parents and like how did he even get a firearm why was it okay to bring to school um and and how did he how did he get away with doing this in the first place yes the schools clearly does not have systems put in place for scenarios like this for threats like this which every school by now should have that considering everything Mm -hmm. that's happened in the past few years Mm -hmm. yeah and i think unfortunately it's like um the way in which it's like how do you do that and some people will be like oh well, we have to have like it's it's more like lockdown it's more like prison like and mm-hmm. i think that that's such an unfortunate reality but i do think that there needs to be some type of like there regulation has to be. there and, has to be yeah luckily you know nobody was harmed in this situation but the chance was there this is a young mm-hmm. child they i'm assuming most 13 year olds do not know how to handle a gun mm-hmm. and this gun was loaded as well it's not like you know, he just maybe took it from home and wanted to seem cool and showed it to people. Like, this is a loaded gun. That is scary. It is very scary. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> no, Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, I, I'm just... I don't know about you, but, like, where I went to middle school and high school, we had to go through the metal detectors. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do that at your school? Um, I have been to schools where I had to go through metal detector, but most of my schooling I did not. Um. But it was interesting when I, like, experiencing both. I remember when I did go to a school that had a metal detector. And, like, we also, like, they took our phones and, like, put them away and stuff like that. I clearly felt more secure. Um, but it was also a very small school. And I feel like that makes it easier to, like, track things and what's coming yeah. in and out. Um, but you also can't help but, like, feel like this is, like, a prison, you know? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. went to a really small school. So, you know, the metal detector system was, like, literally one small one. It wasn't mm-hmm. that hard. But most of the times, it would not be turned on. Like, you went through it, uh-huh. and it it was definitely not turned on. Oh. Yeah. That's it would be, like, an ongoing joke in my school. Yeah. Because it'd be, like, you could walk through with your keys or whatever, and it wouldn't go off. And we're, like, is this thing even on? Like, are we even safe? Oh, that's so scary. Right? But, I, but I'm sure that's, like, a reality for many, many schools, schools, unfortunately. Yeah. Which I think is really creepy. Um, but we're going to go to a commercial break. Um, but stay tuned, because there's some guy who got really mad about his groceries and attacked somebody, <laughs> and we got to talk about it. <laughs> so stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. Hello, and we are back on the district here in WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. And I am Maya, and I have Alicia with me. And we're going to get back into what we were talking about prior to the break, which was um, a, a teenager who is facing criminal charges after bringing a loaded firearm to school. So before leaving, we were briefly kind of mentioned maybe what the motives are mm-hmm. and was this like to look cool? What is it about? Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Because nothing happened and they said they didn't think there were any intentions of harm, I am genuinely confused. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if it was like he brought it to show other students to seem cool for them 
to incite fear in them. But that's also interesting because it wasn't reported by students. Um, school faculty found out about this incident like days later from a video. Mm-hmm. So clearly students didn't feel threatened by it. So then maybe I thought maybe it's for safety reasons. He brought it for himself. Interesting. Maybe like on his commute to school just to feel more secure. I'm just throwing things <laughs> up there. I don't know. I don't know what the motive behind this was at all. Any any ideas better than no idea. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> um I mean, I guess I'm assuming that it was more so like the cool factor. Okay. Um or like the fun like haha, look what I got. Like I brought yeah. a cool thing to to school. Um but I think what it what's more alarming and I think could maybe even speak to maybe why this kid brought the school is that no one like the no one none of the students were like really scared or worried about it so maybe nobody took it seriously like maybe they were all just like yeah that's cool like there there was no alarm so to me that kind of strikes me as like number one is there are people now like super desensitized to things like this where it's just like well that's another gun that's just another thing happening yeah um or two are we not taking it seriously enough in terms of like school shootings and stuff like that i think both definitely both yeah Um, maybe students were desensitized to the fact that like oh he has a gun like whatever he's not going to do anything or everybody has a gun Mm -hmm. and then with school officials the fact that they found out about this so late and for it to have to be through a video clearly there's not enough precautions put in place for potential school shootings yeah i i I definitely agree and i think also to me although this is not addressed like in the article or anything this i personally just like thought of this and made the correlation of this idea of like copycat um like culture which if you're not familiar with that what that basically means is this idea that with this constant portrayal on media or media coverage of school shootings and mass shootings that to some degree maybe one it has desensitized us Mm -hmm. but then two it might also inspire other people to want to become a copycat and to want to shoot people and want to commit these really horrific mass shootings um so i'm like maybe that was the case with like him wanting to be a copycat but it doesn't really sound like that it just really seems like he just wasn't being smart it was just like let me bring a gun to school an odd case yeah but i do think that it is interesting i do think that we have to be aware of our portrayal of these things though Mm -hmm. on the media and um how it could influence people or not influence people and it also reminds me of um that that constant argument of do we say who did the shooting do we put a picture of that person um because a lot of people say that it kind of glorifies it and kind of makes them like a celebrity or gives them the attention fame yeah. yeah um so yeah what are your thoughts on that I don't know. I I definitely believe in in that copycat theory. I don't think in in this case that's what this young Mm -hmm. man was trying to do. I'm honestly going back to the cool theory, but my concern with that is like, what are we teaching kids and what are we portraying in media and games that makes children think that a firearm is cool? This is true. Like, it just the first thing I think of is like maybe video games desensitizing Mm -hmm. weapons in that manner um because i don't think much so like maybe tv shows movies but i think more games like Mm -hmm. because i work with young children and they play so many games with guns and things like that 
and because of their video games they like toys that are guns like they have like nerf guns and all this stuff mm-hmm. um now i think that's also a really interesting point to bring up as well like why did you think it would be just a cool thing yeah um and i know that there are a lot of people who argue like video games are i, th- I forgot who it was it was some political guy mm-hmm. i don't have any source or facts to back this up right now um but i think he direct he, he wanted to tax violent video games um because he said that they were like a direct link to oh, like yeah, mass shootings. yeah we did that story yes and yeah, um just... we covered on the crackdown as well yeah um and i think that although sure there could be link to it i think to say like that is the sole reason is like, no i definitely don't believe yeah. that i don't believe that um but i think that I don't think it's the reason why school shootings happen and violence happens with weapons yeah. amongst kids, but I do think it is a factor to the desensitizing yeah. of weapons to kids. No, it definitely is. And that makes me really scary because especially like, like you're a child, like you're well, like 13. That's that's scary. Yeah. Like you, you're only going to go up and like strengthen those thoughts. You know what I mean? Right. Um, if that's already implemented in, in, in you. Um, so that just, that's a little scary, but um, I don't know. I think, do you think that this little boy should be charged, though? Because he is facing criminal charges right now. Man, that I need more facts to this case. Mm-hmm. We have such a vague idea here. I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that he got the gun from his parents. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they have to be blamed in some sort of way. Why did he have access to a gun at 13 years old? Absolutely. Yeah, I think... I'm like more so the parents need to be facing criminal charges, but then that also brings a whole other set of issues because then like what happens to that kid if those yeah. parents get prosecuted? Um, so ah okay, more than criminal charges, I think he should have to go through like mandatory counseling and yeah. things like that. Yeah, I feel like something like I think that there should still be like repercussions, but I don't think that like criminal charges. I don't think is going to answers. juvie is gonna make this better, but I do yeah. think deconstructing why he thought it was okay to bring a gun, why he brought it in the first place, mm-hmm. um, finding out what those motives were through one-on-one counseling and things like that is really important. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see that, but um, we don't know. Um, but to end on some like. Is this happier news? It's not necessarily happier. It's Lighter. just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is coming from Fox News. A Pennsylvania man um, was upset oh, at a grocery store's cashier's bagging techniques. He then smashed his bag of chips, and he's currently facing assault charges. So Bradley Bauer, who is 55 years old, he was at a giant food store waiting to pay for his groceries when he became very upset because an unnamed cashier put canned goods in the same bag as his chips that Bauer and his wife had purchased he allegedly told the cashier quote do you have a problem with me because i have a problem with you the cashier told police he thought bauer was joking and replied quote do you (laughs) police said the incident was captured on the store's video surveillance system and a review of the footage um supported the cashier's claim so i think that this is funny because i'm sure like we've all experienced this where like you've had a bad bagging Bagging, situation which it's super frustrating when it happens um but I just think this interaction is like kind of funny. <laughs> right. I was when I saw this, I was like, wow, people really get that angry. Yeah. And I feel bad because I feel like people often mistreat like cashiers, like waiters and like mm-hmm. people doing a service to you in general. And they think it's OK to treat them as less than and be really angry and disrespectful towards them. So that poor, that poor cashier. Yeah. Maybe he was just really tired. He was trying to get through his shift, and he put some cans over a bag of chips. Yeah, I think I 
I think that as well. I think it definitely sets a narrative of like maybe some like entitlement there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I think it's interesting the way in which like people handle, handle anger. Um, like we've spoken about like the, the woman at Wawa who like hit someone with a tire, tire. iron be over a parking spot. Like, yeah. And the, so, por- the other story with the pork chop. Yes. The pork chop, the classic <laughs> pork chop. Yeah. Um, but instances where it's like, I can relate to you about the anger. I can't relate how you, how you handle how, it. Though. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I think this brings up a greater and more important conversation of in our society, we aren't taught healthy ways to cope with anger Mm -hmm. and sadness. And I think that's why a lot of times it results in violence. And um, it starts with children because, you know, we see children having temper tantrums and um, getting violent sometimes. And it's oftentimes not handled the right way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that grows into adulthood when you're an adult and you get angry and you act out in violence because you don't have those coping techniques when you get really upset and worked up, like, assessing that situation and moving on from it oh absolutely i mean even thinking about like if you want to take it like on a real large scale scale level (laughs) um take it on like a really large scale and like talk about the society as a whole i mean wars and stuff like that even like when the government shutdown happened like a lot of people were like that's just trump having a tantrum a a, temper tantrum yeah i was gonna say a temper a temper (laughs) tantrum (laughs) i like that though coined that um but like a lot of people like he's just having a temper tantrum like we just get angry we're like i'm just like i'm gonna punch you and whatever or have a war with you and it's like whoa like not necessary at all um yeah we're over here dissecting society for real (laughs) i think okay if we're talking about how how would be a good way to cope with this i feel like the man could have easily requested like hello hi i'm paying for this bag of chips with my money (laughs) yes you are it got crushed that is unfair request a new bag yeah oh yeah free of charge let that crushed one you know be thrown out or whatever gets done at supermarkets give him a new bag like it wouldn't be that hard and i highly Mm -hmm. doubt people the people at the grocery store would refuse him that Mm -hmm. if his chips getting crushed were not up to him like it was the bagger's fault yeah and now he wouldn't be facing charges <laughs> and now he wouldn't be facing criminal charges i mean there's there's so many ways to deal with situations other than violence this is true and now i'm just thinking like like imagine like what are you here for oh, I, I got mad at a bag of chips like <laughs> Yeah, why are you in prison? I strangled a cashier because he crushed my bag of chips. Like, really? <laughs> that doesn't sound as funny fun as you think it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. But um, before we get off the air here, well, first off, what is what does the rest of your Tuesday look like? Is it a is it a um, crazy fun Tuesday? <laughs> it is not. So I will be grabbing my stuff, moseying on down home, driving down to Mayfair where I live, mm-hmm. cooking dinner. And then doing homework. Mm, fun time. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> um, what am I doing? I'm going home. Um, eating. Eating. Yes. yes. I'm very hungry. I haven't eaten since like. I see. I I told you four, four earlier, o'clock. but I'm pretty sure it was, like earlier than that. Oh my god. It was like two. No, oh it was two. <laughs> two was the last time I ate. Girl, and you need to eat. I love eating. Like that's a problem. <laughs> like I need to eat. So I'm gonna eat. Um, and then. I think I'm gonna watch some Netflix because I finished my homework that was due tonight. Nice. Yeah. I had a super productive morning. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't watched Netflix in so long. I've been so busy. But speaking of Netflix, 
me and Maya, we just saw an article oh, yes. posted that the, uh, the price for Netflix, the monthly price, is going to go up by one to two dollars. This is true. Which makes me really upset, especially since I haven't been a, an active Netflix user for like the past month, but I'm paying for it anyway. This is true. And now I'm paying more. I'm trying to. Was this US? No. It was CNN. CNN? Yep. Okay. Oh, here it is. There we go. So this is coming from CNN, by the yes. way. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of sucks. Apparently, it's going from like the standard is going from, no, the basic is going from eight to nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Standards from eleven to thirteen, and then the premium will be fourteen to sixteen. Yeah, so, and I think yeah. we've talked about this on the district before about Netflix mm-hmm. raising prices. And like we said last time, I'm saying it again. I don't think they're going to lose business. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I really don't. I I completely agree. I think people. It's like Apple. Like, as much as people will complain about, like, Apple and, like, yeah. certain things, they'll always follow through whatever they're doing. So Definitely. Yeah. And and speaking of Apple, aren't they starting their own, like, their new streaming service now? I heard something about that. I don't know. Don't quote us on it. Yes. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. But it's, it might be a thing. It probably is a thing. Everyone's making their own streaming yeah. service now. Um, but we have to go now. Um, but stay tuned for tomorrow from 4 to 5 with uh, Rational Radio. And then uh, I'll be back on Thursday from 7 to 8. So, yeah. And thank you for tuning in. Have a good night. And we'll see you later. Can you tell if these vegetables are being contaminated with bacteria that could cause paralysis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Use different cutting boards so that the bacteria in raw meats and seafood and their juices doesn't touch prep surfaces for other foods, like veggies. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by separating raw meats and seafood from other foods. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Imagine this a muscle nice and felt like that I had it Back on the mattress, staring at the ceiling Try connect the dots, but it's all making those attachments I'm talking dreaming so hard, so nice and felt like draft day You know, my 
My stepbrother used to flip them bags outside the crib like it was trash, date. No Kim K, buddy, bag, yeah, yeah. But when you get it fast, money slow down, don't crash. With all the drive in the world, swear you still need gas. Look, think about it. Close your eyes, dream about it, tell your team about it. Go make million dollar schemes about it. Success is on the way, I feel it in the distance. Used to look up at the stars and be like, ain't too much that's different. I be shining, they be shining. Get your one shot, don't you miss it. What you know about waking up every day like you on a mission? And I hope you learn to make it on your own. And if you love yourself, just know you'll never be alone. I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose. I hope and that's the realest thing that you ever know. Hope you get the pretty girls, it's pretty. Everything. Million dollar cribs have a million dollar dreams And when you get it all, just remember one thing Remember one thing One man could change the world One man could change the world My grandma told me if you write your name in stone You'll never get the white out I grinded out that black hole and performed up at the White House Standing next to Jim Carrey We traded stories then laughed I said you not the only one I know Got rich wearing masks Where I'm from I swear they broke They need way more than the cash We need more than what you have And then we need more than that But how I'm supposed to say I'm tired If that girl from West Virginia Came up in conditions that I couldn't survive Went to war, came back alive On top of that became a female black captain When being black you had to extra, extra try Way before James Brown made us proud she bought a crib on the same street as Marvin Gaye right there on how to drive and she taught me how to drive and she raised the kids then the kids kids and she did it right taught me how to love taught me not to cry when I die I hope you teach me how to fly all my life you've been that angel in disguise and I hope you learn to make it on your own if you love yourself, just know you'll never be alone. I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose. I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know. I hope you get the pretty girls as pretty at everything. Million dollar cribs have a million dollar dreams. When you get it all, just remember one thing. Remember one thing. That one man can change the world.